Welcome, everyone, to the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast by Fantastic Geek, your official, unofficial voice of the Marvel Cinematic Community. My name is Pete, and joining me as always is Matt. Hello, Matt. Hello, Pete. Hello, everyone. Wow, I can't believe it's you, the Petriot, the inhuman leader of the Resistance. The Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast by Fantastic Geek for episode 417, Identity and Change, is brought to you by Homemade Soap. Sure, it may not clean your bits, nor get off greasy residue, nor remove dirt, nor dander, but it sure does feel good to render your own fat and add your own lie. Oh, you hipsters. Matt, a little bit of uh, uh, pre-roll announcements here before we get to the body of the episode. We are, of course, continuing over on the Iron Fist podcast by Fantastic Geek. Uh, we will be dropping episode 111. We have just three left. It's strange to think that's actually winding down, Matt. Uh, we will be dropping episode 111 on Friday. April 14th. And of course we will continue that over the next couple of days. The next week we'll be finishing that off. Yes, Pete, certainly shall we say a, a change in pacing going from the, uh, the product of 80 plus episodes for agents of shield tonight. Uh, the, the meta level of uh, reflecting on characters that we've known and barely known, know again and know anew to, uh, a different pace of iron fist so that's it's good it's good to get all the flavors much like one might have all the f- flavors of ice cream from harold meacham but uh exciting times on both ends of the podcast spectrum speaking of sweetness matt little something we have added in here as an incentive uh we're giving away a box of uh cinnabon that is connected to uh my uh better call saw flyaway experience i was treated to by amc and cinnabon so if you leave us a review on itunes between now and 10 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time on Monday, April 17th. You're going to be in the running for a Cinepack, a box of Cinnabon. You can get the four or six Oh My God size. You can get the whatever in between size. You can get the uh, not so out of control, really tiny Minibuns. There are 16 of those. You can do whatever you want with them, but we're giving one away. You want to be in on that. So get that review in. Matt's going to tell you what to do once you do that. Yes. After you share that review uh, or send that review to iTunes, do just uh, reach out to us either on Twitter uh, or email, uh, Twitter DM uh, or email to just let us know what your iTunes name was. So if you are picked as the winner, uh, there aren't a a score of people claiming to be you. Instead, we can uh, announce you on the podcast, announce you on social media and reach out to you privately to say, where do we send this magical gift certificate to? Where we catch you up on what went down, and Pete, what went down for Coulson in between last week's episode and this episode is the revelation that uh, there is indeed a different world than the one he is from. He's understanding that he's actually from the real world, where he is a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. Here, he is in a, he is in a virtual prison. Pete, he always knew that things were a little odd here. Yes, the fake news, Matt. That's the dead giveaway. Wait a minute. The fake news. 
Uh, we'll we'll get back to that later. Um, Cambridge, their Cambridge incident, analogous to uh, our Sweden incident, if you will, um, and the discussion there. The girl from Bahrain brought over, and uh, in the uh, world that Simmons came from, she did not live here. She did, and wrought destruction. Uh, so obviously really an issue for the framework with that matt student amy comes in before school starts you know because that's what teachers do all day and just host students but uh this evil teacher colson explains to amy that until the first bell that's his time this is clearly matt we need to be very upfront about that this is clearly some horrible alternate society where teachers do not help students outside the bounds of their work day indeed it is perhaps the second most frightening thing revealed to us in this episode the first is at the end when all our hearts break but we'll get to that in due course pete i don't know about you i found that the performance by this amy character the performance by this young actor amazing fantastic i I think she has a bright acting future ahead of her she must have acting in her blood she must, you know, the, the name Stella has, has come up a, a lot recently, Matt, uh, throughout social media. This actress, of course, is uh, Stella Gregg. This would be the child of Clark Gregg and Jennifer Gray. And Pete, this is, of course, not the first time that uh, we have seen Stella Gregg on the screen. Uh, when we did the podcast for the Clark Gregg film, Trust Me, uh, she had an appearance in that as Charlotte, a young actress, so it's all weirdly connected. But Pete, take us back to the episode. Yes, amidst talk of mind control soap, yes, mind control soap, which is blue, like Cree, in the non-framework world. Um we get a call from Ward that uh, something big is going down. They're sending someone, Sky, to pick up your teacher friend. And Sky tells him that he's going to need a substitute as we head in to the title card. Yes, the, the very notion of a substitute being in class, bringing us Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the corrupted Agents of HYDRA. We return after the uh, brief title sequence to Mac making a drone. Uh, one catches up with him. Uh, his daughter is there alive. She has, of course, made her own drone. But Pete, she had some help with the parts there, found a crashed uh, a crashed drone. So there's Hydra parts. Uh, and this this a rather unique way to uh, to seed some story pressure in upcoming scenes. Not only are those Hydra parts, Matt, as, as you well know, I mean, look who I'm talking to, um, not warranted uh they are also contraband so uh big issue there we move to the bus stop later on and uh hope and mac are waiting but black suvs roll up it's just time to show your credentials it's what goes on in this totalitarian state indeed pete Got to have those IDs at the ready when the popo comes along, at least in the framework. Uh, they're told to keep their mouths shut, take their IDs out. Uh, anonymous 
helpful guy says they must be looking for some contraband wait a minute pete this links up perfectly to the previous scene in which it was revealed that hope mackenzie had some contraband herself uh she admits that she has that drone in her bag right now she was going to put it back where she found it luckily someone else runs away and is quickly knocked down dragged away the comment made by the uh the lead hydra agent that uh he's on the list possible and human this is a grim world, Pete, that we, I mean, that they're living in. Yeah, people pulled off of sidewalks, fear, math, somebody might be busted with a laptop, fake news. Goodness, I just can't imagine the horror. So, Pete, you're, you're imagining this, this awful place where there you are just trying to get home and you get pulled off, pulled away by the agents. It's a grim bit of science fiction that uh, that the show has cut to daisy bringing colson to simmons uh colson is so enthusiastic about the prospect of being agent colson in you know the real world some really excellent little acting moments here out of clark Gregg to make teacher colson a little bit different from the guy that we have known since 2008 um and it's been clear that uh he of course has been uh, been brought out at least partially by his memories of what we will learn to call the other side. Pete, can Simmons do the same thing with Fitz? We'll have to see, Matt. Stick around at the end of the podcast. But uh, Fitz, as Simmons is told uh, or tells here, is not good uh, in the framework. Uh, something she calls a Hydra snow globe and it is just a, an awful, terrible snow globe. Um, it's also highlighted here that uh, fits in the framework is the Hydra number two. With that, Pete, we cut to Hydra number one, Madam Hydra herself, talking to another agent. As soon as Fitz comes in, that other agent is instantly dismissed. They are, of course, talking about the Simmons investigation. Why won't Madam Hydra let Fitz into the investigation? We, of course, know why, Pete. As soon as he finally gets a shot at seeing <laughs> Simmons again or some kind of big reminder, memory spring back, it's going to be the, 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 the moment of knowledge a la Lost, and it'll all be great again. Fitzsimmons forever, art, 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 XOXO. Um, Fitz, though, in this scene, is able to, to push the issue and get a good look at the picture of Simmons and nothing. Of course, yep. the story's setting up that later it'll work. I think Fitz, like myself, bewitched by Mallory Jensen's green hair highlights and uh, eyeshadow. Matt, if we were still in the real world, we'd have Wendy Lynn to thank for sure for that makeup. But in this strange framework and the fact that she's left the show for another production, not quite sure. <laughs> Regardless, though, back to Fitz bewitched perhaps by madam hydra's uh, look here uh he says he's going to send a team after simmons fits after all is totally loyal to madam hydra he would cross a universe for her let's hang on to that line for later at this point speaking of crossing places madam hydra closes the space between them kisses him kind of has to scrunch down a little bit on account that she's wearing uh i think like heels um but Pete, nonetheless, is a, is, is a scandalous smooch. 
It is. And, you know, the, the interplay between the two of them before we wind up with Sky at Hydra HQ there. Ward comes over. She wants him to quit mouth breathing on him, pulling up information about Radcliffe. Wait, Matt, as Ward points out, Madam Hydra's restricted files. The soap made her do it. One does wonder how you can hack into the private files without Madam Hydra knowing, but maybe it's one of these like rules of the matrix kind of, kind of thing. Um, she gets some information on Radcliffe. It looks like uh, latitude and longitude coordinates, which it ends up being. Um, and they start to make their, their quick exit and they make it as far as the lobby and that fantastic uh, Hydra sculpture that is there. I'm assuming it's digital. It might be practical regardless though. This is when May snags them. Ward is ready to fight, but Sky gives him the uh, the kiss of goodbye for now. You know, the couple saying, "Oh, I just gotta go talk to my boss." Uh, and Sky gives him the info: "Bring this to Simmons." With that, Pete, we cut to Simmons. Yeah, Simmons and Coulson here um, watching a drone. There's a man who comes to see them. He repeats a phrase here for the season. It's been kind of rainy. Uh, Colson returns a phrase here and suddenly their hands are cuffed. They're bagged and suddenly the bags are taken off. And <gasps> Matt, is that, is that who I think it is? Indeed, out of the shadows, it's the Patriot himself. It's Jeffrey Mace. Welcome to S.H.I.E.L.D. Act break. After the act break, Colson is agog at being in oldie time S.H.I.E.L.D. HQ whose location was lost for all those years until Billy Koenig gave his life to dust it off. So Pete, oh. we get the first like return of a character who we get to get off screen. So we save the money. <laughs> Shield um, is now a sanctuary for inhumans. Yes. And Colson is a Patriot fanboy. I mean, it's fairly obvious given his affinity for Captain America outside of the framework but it's a little touches like this that make what could have been oh he liked this other superhero and that they now have an analog for it in the framework whereas a year ago matt don't have it in this storyline pete we do get a a familiar if not a uh a, a briefly all too familiar face the return of burrows and uh and nice to see him up and going there i guess from billy koenig to burrows i would have preferred billy koenig but hey uh hopefully uh pat oswald is uh having fun on the mystery science theater 3000 but that's a story for another day and we're not going to podcast a show where people watch a movie because then we'd be watching a show to watch a movie and anyhow pete tell us what else is going on in shield hq well, Burroughs lets Mace know the sad news that another agent wasn't as lucky uh, in the framework here. Uh, Burroughs in real life having been yanked out of the Quinjet and then they had to find his corpse to get something off of it earlier this season. But Mace grizzled uh, five day shadow work in there uh, says that they will honor his sacrifice. Pete, we see the assembled uh, refugees, if you will. Uh, let's 
drop the pretense for a moment. That's metaphorically what they're trying to go for. There's there's the refugees on the run from from Hydra, um, uh, some of which are inhumans or related to inhumans, and uh, and uh, Shield hopes to give them some sort of sanctuary. Uh, Shield acting as a sanctuary state, if you will, and uh, it's all. It's, Pete, this is an episode that is that is flying close to the surface of the world it is trying to reflect. And I don't mean the real world where Captain America and Thor, you know, have adventures together. Well, hold on to your hats because you're going to get all the more real in a little bit. These potentials, Matt, Mace explains, have the inhuman gene. Meanwhile, uh, Fitz is leading the threat assessment with uh, Simmons on the overhead there. Uh, Sky asks May if she knew about this. Um, and then, Matt, it caught you. It caught me. I think nobody missed it. As he closes the meeting here, Fitz, with his dapper undercut, uh pumps everybody up by telling them we will make our society great again to wit everyone responds hail hydra i mean the show going for it there the show <laughs> I, I i mean what, what can you say either you agree or disagree i suspect at this point you, you you probably agree that it's a bad guy line let's put it like that um just absolutely a a stunning line for the show to cross and i applaud them because the very best of science fiction is when you reflect the world back uh it's less about you know going to strange new worlds or going to strange new places but finding our own in the process of that journey uh the fact that the show did it the fact that network people didn't didn't uh complain uh, i think it speaks to it speaks to well, certainly a, a desire to let the creator's vision be crystallized on screen. Star Trekian, Matt, in its scope of holding the mirror up to the real world, where that's later referenced as well. Uh, Mac and his daughter are back at their home later on. Hope asks, what would have happened if they had found the drone? He explains that he would have handled it, but hey, the stress is over, right? We're going to make some popcorn. We're going to watch a video. And she wants to watch the inappropriate horror movie that Yo-Yo turned him on to in the real world, Chopping Mall. <laughs> Back we go to Shield HQ. Pete, I feel like with all of these notes here, I need to be, make sure that I haven't crossed up Shield HQ and Hydra HQ. But Shield HQ, sure enough, Ward has arrived. Uh, and uh, Simmons uses her ID, her S.H.I.E.L.D. ID, to indeed hammer home that she's good peeps amongst the S.H.I.E.L.D. people. Mace does give her a little look when she claims uh, to have been part of that mass grave and clawing her way out. It's kind of like, but how did you make it out if it was a mass grave where people were Ah, you must have made it out anyway. Um, so, bottom line though, Pete, Ward gives Simmons Daisy's message. These are coordinates which appear to be east of Bermuda. I thought there was nothing there. Oh, maybe there's no triangle in the framework, Matt. Uh, but then we get the Hydra attack team with May and Sky in tow. Uh, Sky wonders aloud all of this because of one subversive 
And then they break down the door and we're expecting it'll be Simmons or it'll be Simmons. And it's Mac and his daughter caught up in the raid to end the second act. Back from the act break, Mace takes our heroes to the launch bay, uh, appearing as always so wonderful with the uh, the efforts of Mark Kolpak and his wizards. Uh, they have a liberated Quinjet ready to fly, just just the one. Imagine, Pete, there used to be a whole bunch of Quinjets and other things flying out of here. Coulson is wowed that he used to command a whole fleet of these. Again, this wide-eyed wonder on his part as he is so amazed and so excited that he, he could go from being a regular fella to uh, an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. Someday, Matt, because they found this in uh, disrepair, someday... They're going to get it together. They're going to make it really special. Um, they've been able to take this one Quinjet and to uh, get it going again. They repurposed it, uh, liberated it, the, the exact term here, last year. Uh, we go to May and Mac uh, talking about uh, his daughter. Um, of course, he's saying that she is innocent uh, May's poking around, Matt. It's not quite clear where it's going till a little later on. Yeah, it's a good uh, it's a good setup for where things are headed. A very, very good twist, as brutal as it is. Um, May, however, has the courage of her convictions here. Uh, he, he's saying they haven't we haven't done anything. We follow the rules. May says good people don't end up here. Pete, how many times do you think someone in her position or a similar position? has been convinced that what they are doing must be right because what they are doing must be right. Boom. No further introspection needed. Ward, Simmons, and Coulson aboard the Quinjet. Matt heading to that location. Ward explains that he'll do anything, Matt, even die <gasps> for, for Sky. Um, and, Skyward. Uh, Skyward lives, especially in season five when Ward comes back as an LMD. Hashtag Skyward, hashtag spoiler Matt. Um, Coulson explains it's been forever since he's been on a plane, uh, but he lives alone now. He makes his own soap, though. Uh, Simmons tries to, you know, make him feel a little bit better by calling him a hipster as if that's a good thing. Uh, he shoots it down that is ex-wife doesn't think that he is before Ward calls out that they are 30 minutes out and it's time for us to see Madam Hydra. I guess I just assumed that in the framework all the hipsters were shot. I don't know. Um, but indeed, back to Hydra HQ, or as they say, Pete, in the UK, HQ. Uh, Fitz has found the file on the deceased Simmons. So was she an, an inhuman? Uh, then Pete just mind-blowing revelation here that that's let out slowly uh she simmons did crossed over from the other world the other world that's the one that madam hydra never talks about and anyway crossing over was thought to be impossible she explains that in the other world she was less than human and gasp shield won the war Everything that she does now is to keep them out including project looking glass something that we haven't completely understood by the end of this episode so we can look ahead to looking back at the looking glass but that's another podcast pete she leaves and fitz looks pensive what do you think 
Well, the disclosure that she was a slave over there and that everything that she does now is to keep her and um, fits together. She gets a beep, uh, tells him that uh, they'll finish that later. And then uh, Fitz is eyeing that image of Simmons that we saw last week on the computer monitor. Pete, we remain in Hydra HQ, but we go down, down, down to those interview rooms. Sky is questioning Hope. That's not a an aphorism, Pete. Sky is actually questioning Hope McKenzie. Uh, it's the hope that Mac lost. But Hope, Pete, she earns the nickname Spark Plug. Uh, she wasn't lost. She was taken by you people. That's right, Pete. She drops the you people on Hydra. Please don't let anything happen to my dad, she says. Ironically, in retrospect, please. With that, Daisy walks out. She looks like she has the weight of the world on her shoulders. May leaves another room. Mac hasn't broken yet. And uh, Pete, I have to say, they are doing tons of story seeding here for the the twist that's going to come with uh, with uh, Daisy slash Sky and May. And I did not see it coming one bit. Yeah, Mac needs to talk to her. He tells her that he knows she is Daisy Johnson and they were both S.H.I.E.L.D. agents um, that uh, she in turn uh, drops her cover and explains because this isn't being videotaped or anything in Hydra HQ that uh, she's going to get um, Mac out and get with Coulson and Simmons. And uh, then, Matt, there's it was not quite registering at first, but when it hits full force, you, you feel the betrayal. Oh yeah. I mean, it's, it's palpable. Uh, Mac, uh, of course, admitting that uh, he actually doesn't know her. He just said what the other agent told him to say, he reveals a hidden microphone, which, uh, it could have been like previously hidden in the table or something, but we need the visual Pete. It's a visual medium. This of film and television and it's with that revelation that we get the act break act four matt skies on the run may is tracking her with a pair of agents they've locked down the elevators um and may dispatches them to find her the quinjet meanwhile lands somewhere tropical uh ward explains up front this is a simple extraction um, what about Colson? What will he do? He's told not to do anything. Simmons refers to him as essentially the break glass in case of emergency policy. They, uh, they tiptoe on up to Radcliffe. So great to see John Hanna back. Uh, he immediately IDs Ward as Hive. Uh, and then kind of puts the thought process through. No, no, you're, you're a copy of the other one. I never met you. Uh, he's surprised to see Simmons and Coulson. Uh, they, of course, talk to him. They, they need his help to escape. His big reveal, there is no escape. Yeah, and uh, with them all drawing down on him, Coulson, of course, explaining, this is not cool, bro. Simmons referring to him as a traitor and uh, that they cannot get out of this place 
not boding well for any of them. Matt, there's someone else who's not getting out of a place. Uh, indeed, we cut to Daisy, who, despite the apparent ease of uh, the beginning of her chase, May and two goons, then May and four goons, she ultimately gets cornered by a whole bevy of agents in the lobby of uh, the Triskelion. Uh, really, really nice. Um, I don't know. It's a, it's, it's a nice use of the extras. It's a nice use of the location because she's just surrounded up the stairs, surrounded down the stairs. But Pete... Before what's about to happen to her on the stairs, let's let's rewind for one moment. How had she gotten there? Matt, we had the Patriot as Captain America in the framework. Well, no Captain America, then somebody else can have an elevator scene in the Triskelion and they give it to Daisy. Indeed, though, uh, though vengeance is cruel, she gives the elevator beat down back to those stairs where uh, those Hydra agents start to mercilessly beat her. And it's uh, it's not looking good for old uh, Daisy slash Sky. At that point, we head back to Radcliffe on his island. He notes that this place is a gilded cage and the world is spinning apart, Pete was supposed to be paradise. He created it with good intentions, but as we know, that's not quite taken place. Uh, Ward tells them that story time is over, and suddenly they are interrupted by a woman wearing a hat. Who's that, Matt? That is Agnes, who he reveals. And I want to say in this particular point of the scene, John Hanna is tasked with merely chewing through exposition it's catch me up it's you're this you're that it's how would he react to ward as hive as ward uh, and all that it's he he's not given a lot of meat but he makes an entire gourmet meal out of it because we have catch me up like this agnes who we haven't thought about uh in terms of number of episodes in some time in chronological time knowing as the show surely would have that there'd be a break between the pods. It's now several months since we've had the Agnes storyline, which was all too brief. He catches us up uh, with what went down, uh, that the body is dead, her body is dead, but her consciousness is alive here. He says him too, probably. Ada killed him. He'd be really surprised if his body is still kicking around there, although that's enough writerly uh, trapdoor in case you know they want to, bring only one person back as an LMD, that's Ward, uh, and uh, still have the great John Hanna in the future. But Pete, we also get Ward and Coulson have no idea what's going on and having their moments to say, you know, what what in the world are you talking about? But the scene keeps moving on. Yes, uh, Radcliffe reveals that the Russian has a uh, base, a drilling platform in the Baltic um, with the discussion that the exits that Simmons and uh, Daisy had worked out won't work. They have to find another way. But hang on. She knows you're here. Yeah, we get a sleek jet similar to Zephyr 1, but looking all the more bad and awesome at the same time. Uh, it's Ada uh, Radcliffe tells them to run and hide with that Ada. Madam Hydra gets off. Pete, she's wearing a cape like a champ. And as noted by our pal Mary Kirk, there is no Darth Vader in the framework because Ada wants to wear a bleeping cape. 
Yeah, and I think that uh, Bear McCreary's got to get going on a on a Hydra Imperial march if we can, because that scene of the ramp lowering and her and Fitz and all those Hydra agents coming out, that was maybe the only thing that was lacking was the musical vibe. Well, he's about to make it up in a moment after the act break here. Uh, we get a better look at her cape. Still awesome. Hydra brooch. Fantastic. Uh, she says that she will find the subversives on the island. Pete, it's like it's our island. Uh, she says that things are, in fact, better here. And uh, Radcliffe claims, however, that the programming has been corrupted by her. Pete, he calls her Ada. And there's a mo quiet moment in the dialogue mm -hmm. as she's emotionally reacting. And the music growls here. There's your Bear McCreary. Yeah, she explains that that's an acronym, and the A stands for artificial. And for a second, I thought she was going to spell the whole thing out, you know, not picking up on social cues as she hadn't in the real world. But she stops there. She continues the explanation that she had been dehumanized, though she's a robot, kept in a closet, that she was a tool. And then um, Agnes comes over and asks Holden, uh, who are these people? This, of course, a great moment of tension. So we cut to Mac. Uh, both he and Hope have been released. The the, the joyous hug, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Mac brought out of the room a bloody, tired, uh, worn out Daisy being brought into that same interrogation room. Uh, May thanks Mac for all his service to the cause. And uh, Mac looks horrified. However, May is holding on to make sure he's a good citizen so that he can give her Pete Hail Hydra. Back on the island, Agnes um, is speaking to uh, Radcliffe, where Fitz notes that she has Madame Hydra's face. Yes, the claim is made by Madame Hydra that Agnes uh, is uh, now, quote-unquote, revealed as uh, being set up as a fake double for Madame Hydra, an attempt by, uh, by Holden to, uh, to usurp Madame Hydra. Th they represent a threat to everything Hydra holds dear. In this point of the story, Pete Fitz is stone cold. His eyes are dead. He asks for a gun, and he starts to hold it on Agnes. Watching this as they are from nearby Simmons and Ward and Colson. Simmons explains that this world isn't real. Ward says he's ready to take the shot. There's a woman in danger. This this Ward Matt with with altruism. I know it's it's strange for you uh, to to view. Um, but Simmons maintains that I know him. I know Fitz. He wouldn't do this. This is Leopold James Fitz. If you kill him here, I will lose him forever. Hashtag matrix rules. You know, if you die in the matrix, you die in the real world. Uh, but this of course, uh, takes us back to Fitz still dead eyes, but kind of curious why Radcliffe keeps acting like he knows him. Uh, Radcliffe says that he and Fitz used to raise a pint together. They'd watch the real football. He thought of Fitz like a son. Uh, he, he knows the real Fitz. Fitz replies that he knows actually who he is. And with that, Pete, he shoots Agnes. And, and I think we all, a little part of all of us died in that moment. 
Yeah, he knows exactly who he is, that everybody's wrong except him. It's classic storytelling and and thereby no less brutal. Um, Simmons uh, sees this. The shootout commences. Even Coulson squeezes off a couple rounds. Uh, Ward gets into the Quinjet, tells him to hang on to something as it escapes, still under fire. In the Quinjet, Coulson says to Simmons that there's nothing else she could have done, but she notes he killed Agnes. He killed her. Uh, Back at the base, Mace is upset. Uh, Ward even had a shot, and he didn't take it, but Coulson defends what went on, and Simmons uh, then blurts out that they don't belong here that this world isn't real. Uh, it's also mentioned at this point that uh, somebody was caught nosing around one of the shield uh, dead drops. Who's brought in? It's Mac. It's Mac who wants to fight, who wants to uh, wants to join the resistance, to join shield, to end the, to end the act, Pete. The tag mat features screaming, which we are only able to piece together is Holden Radcliffe once Fitz comes into Sky's cell and explains that he had been torturing the man in the other room who knew him just like Sky purports to know him. As the camera gets closer to Sky, you can see the extent of the beating which she has received. And, you know, it's not over the top. It's not, oh my goodness, I couldn't possibly look at it. But it's 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 communicated effectively through the makeup that uh, that she really has been has been uh, you know suffered quite the beating. Um, she says that she's ready to explain everything to Fitz. Nah, somebody else tried that already today. Uh, she says that he doesn't want to do this, and as she's taken away, just this this almost indescribably wonderful and awful acting moment out of Ian DeCacaster, who uh, smugly says that he does want to do this. I guess you don't know me at all. The dossier. A detailed look at our bad guys, Pete. Let's start with the baddest gal in the framework, Madame Hydra herself. I know she was wearing the very same outfit, unless you're going to add the the cape and the brooch a little later in this episode last week. But um, to to see more of uh, Mallory Jensen's Madam Hydra and just the way that she's she's stealing every scene she's in, Matt, um, it, and that's difficult with what. Uh, Ian DeCacaster is doing on his end, but uh, she really, really has committed to this evil, you know, uh, role that she's playing as a robot. Uh, she's getting to play her third different version. She's she's the the female ward of of this show all in <laughs> one all in one season. Her third different incarnation of essentially the wow. same character. Um, it, it, it does require just the briefest pause, Pete, to, to think that she has only been in 17 episodes. I don't yeah. even know if she's been in all of them, but yeah, we had the, uh, the off screen reveal, uh, at the end of last season, the entire Ada arc has only been these 17 episodes. That is astonishing. Yeah. And to, 
be able to go to a Madame Hydra, which let's be honest, the, the films were likely never to do. And it just made the most sense within this story and these pods that they're uh, dividing the larger narrative into to go with a with a deep cut character like that. So I applaud what Mallory Jensen's doing with the character. I applaud the decision to commit to her both by the actress and by the production. Next on the list, Pete, is May, who certainly delivers her own her own wallops, both emotional and physical. We're due for a larger Ming-Na episode, so that's all I'll say there, but that she delivers the other big gut punch, you know, knife twists in the episode by selling out Mac with the details of the real world um, makes her presence no less large. Pete, perhaps the biggest heartbreak was the fact that uh, love uh, does not trump hate, as it turns out here in the framework, <clears throat> uh, that that Simmons seeing Fitz, and more importantly, Fitz seeing Simmons did not suddenly awaken him, and he still is just this stone-cold, hateful-filled man uh, who just is is capable of these terrible, terrible things. We don't want to believe it, and the hiding in plain sight that the Kekister does with Fitz in this episode from telling us that he's going to make society great again. And no wonder that he doesn't flick a switch and, Oh, it's Simmons. I won't, you know, hurt somebody here. No, he takes a life, uh, takes a life of, of somebody who had been unplugged in the real world, so in the framework now, Agnes is is gone altogether, which leaves Ada, <clears throat> Madame Hydra, as you know, the incarnation of that uh, character, that essence, what whatever we're we're gonna call that, really usurping the the real person's rightful place. Um, this is about erasure. And to have Fitz, who, you know, four seasons in now, we've we've been down roads of, uh, you know, disability. We've been down the, uh, you know, inability to connect with Simmons. They finally get their their moment and then she's flung across the universe and meets another guy and then they're finally together and now they're stuck in this framework and it just never ever seems to work out and that only makes what happens all the more painful welcome to level seven time to analyze and theorize pete here is a meta theory Obviously, the influence behind some of the particulars in this arc uh, resulted from how I suspect much of the writing staff, uh, if not others, we'll leave it at that, but if not the writing staff, uh, felt after, uh, after the election in November. What, what must it be like as you sit and, and get over that moment and, and reality starts to, to fade in, uh, to sink in rather, 
what must that be like to then say, now we're going to turn this writing room into a place fueled by what we are feeling? It's interesting that you pose that. Well, uh, I'm going to answer it, but I just want to bring up um, an aside. So South Park, who doesn't work in, in action drama, they work in satire. They announced about six weeks ago that they would, when they return in September, not be returning to uh, the presidency as far as uh, mining that for material that they said they just could not keep up. And you have to wonder with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I mean, Matt, today, the Sean Spicer, uh, you know, Hitler didn't even gas his people gaff. Um, it's it's literally going to be a thing. We're going to be able to tell when they stopped writing and filming because based on the references we're making, we're, we're right there in terms of what's happening in our world, what's taking place in this upside down framework. To me, it's, it's, uh, and, and I mean, I don't mean to bring, I don't mean to overly bring politics into the podcast, but just looking at this show as a, as a creative endeavor, you're feeling all these feelings and you decide a, as a production uh, who I, I assume are, are similarly, uh, you know, of a similar mindset to turn this production into the wind and not, and not away from it. Um, it it strikes me as such a bold move capped off by make the society great again. You have this, you know, multicultural, uh, multi-ethnic show run by men and women with, with stars that are <gasps> over 50 and under 30 and in between, uh, things that shouldn't be as shocking as they are. And for the show to turn into it like this, I mean, Pete, the ghost rider storyline was certainly fun. I don't know. I think there were times it felt a little, a little slow. This is much better when the show is talking about something. And when you realize that they're doing that, whether you agree, disagree with whatever's going on, I'd much rather have a show that's engaged in this than, I don't know. It's like, Hey, we got to use ghost rider because Nick Cage ruined the movies. <laughs> um, it's 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 phenomenal what they're doing i hope that doesn't betray any personal views on my part but just the fact that they are going to this level of complexity and reflection this is what we want this is what we should want out of our fiction i had to do a mental double take matt that you're mentioning ghost rider and that occurred in the first eight episodes of this season of which we're now in episode 17 feels like so long ago feels like such a different show even back in october november but it has been like a locomotive ever since and then not to say that those episodes weren't good or didn't have their own trajectory but to see where we are now you've got to wonder if the election had turned out differently what story are they telling now that is a phenomenal, phenomenal question, I suppose. Uh, well, one we won't be answering, certainly on tonight's podcast. But, uh, Pete, let's look ahead. No, not in a spoilery kind of way. 
clearly in last week's episode, they committed to the idea that this was not going to be a one and done uh, vision of the future or vision of the, the alternate reality, uh, given that there is no exit currently. To me, I kind of look at the episode count. I mean, we, we're talking about 17. You have 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. There's five episodes left. At what point do they start to segue out of this and wrap things up? Well, you left Yo-Yo and uh, Agents uh, 1 and 2. <laughs> uh, there was a, a female agent and a male agent. That's all I can give you at this point. Um in in the the Quinjet or Zephyr One, I think they left from right uh, when they when they plugged them in. So you've got Yo Yo to back out that they brought up um, the Superior, the Russians drilling platform. I think you'll start to get a little bit of a two tiered storyline, if not next week, definitely the week after. Um, and like I said off air to you, Matt, I I think you can look at our finale this year and it might be the finale for good. Let's hope that it's not. But I think you can look at that as people finding their way out. Some who are only in this framework, potentially finding their way out and, uh, you know, cue the, cue the slow motion, you know, uh, maudlin music montage of, uh, a, a reg- regretless world to one grounded in regret, but still real. Let's check the wire. Pete, what do you have? Matt into the fantastic geek Facebook page. Greg gear writes, Hey Pete and Matt, great job on the podcast for the latest AOH agents of hydra episode which absolutely came, pete hell hydra <laughs> which came back guns ablazing. you can tell the creators are having a ball with the framework as my pause button got a workout checking out all the background details of hydra world i'm really looking forward to this pod and for all of the possibilities it holds. However, I foresee an episode where Mac is going to have to say goodbye to his daughter. And that is just going to kill me. Keep up the good work. Can't wait for the next one. And by the way, what kind of crazy upside down world are we living in where Matt gets the last world word? Wait, maybe I'm in the framework. It's always been this way. Do not question. Keep using the blue soap. You are being watched by the Hydra drones. Behave. Pete, a tweet from Mary Kirk. That's at Geek Kirk. Uh, confirming the idea that Madam Hydra is wearing not just a cape, but a full circle cape. Pete, the things that we have learned. And I, I, I say this not to be dismissive of the overall uh, you know, metaphor for our real world and metaphor of uh, closed-mindedness and hate and whatnot. Um, the past couple weeks, though, we've spoken about uh, uh, hairstyles and fashion and things of that sort. So we just keep learning all sorts of things. And uh, Mary, adding to the pile. Absolutely. If there's anybody's uh, judgment I would trust, uh, Mary Kirk, longtime listener and friend of the podcast, and we know her cred when it comes to this. 
Pete, uh, in response to my tweet where I had said Ian is a stone-cold monkey flyer, because Pete, even Hydromat keeps the language clean. Uh, I said he's absolutely chilling. I had a reply from Karen. That's at Team Colson underscore 325. Well, Fitz always did like monkeys. Yeah. Yeah, he does. Uh, lastly, Pete, I had tweeted uh, once again uh, at Mark Kolpak and his wizards make the Shield HQ launch bay a magical place. And Pete, uh, that whippersnapper Mark Kolpak... He did a quote tweet reply. He said, thank you from the entire VFX team. And Pete, it truly is a case, particularly, and I don't mean to throw shade to other Marvel properties and whatnot, as we watch some of the uh, these other Marvel shows that have different storytelling priorities, which is, you know, should be the genesis of any effect, but they have different priorities. They also have much less visually interesting effects going on. I do not know how Mark Kolpak and that VFX team gets such amazing cinema quality effects week after week after week. And just when you're like, well, it's the digital model of the launch bay and they did a motion capture or whatever, or they did a this and that, then all of a sudden you have just these amazing things like the Hydra jet and things of that sort. It's stunning week after week after week. The guy is a miracle worker. And when you consider that... Uh, the Walking Dead that we both watch, uh, Matt hanging on with his fingernails, um, has had some really gimpy visual effects um, for, for a show that's long been regarded for its use of both practical and visual effects. S.H.I.E.L.D. has never, ever faltered. Indeed, Pete, whether this is the home stretch for the series or whether we are prepping for, as uh, as TV by the numbers speculated, a possible 12-episode uh, se- uh, final season for, for next year coming back in the winter, that'll all be known, incidentally, in the next five or six weeks, almost certainly before the show has, uh, has, has wrapped up. Um, the show has never been better. As great as some of the the Hydra stuff was back in the the second half of season one, it's just at an all new level now, and it's absolutely, absolutely a ton of fun. Pete, before we start to wrap things up here, I want to thank our patrons on patreon.com slash fantastic geek for all that they do to help keep our framework connected to the internet's webs and such. And uh, we could not do it without you. Absolutely. Uh we've been racking our brains and coming up with more uh, perks that we can offer our patrons, whatever you choose, you're going to get yourself exclusive podcast, regardless of the level that you give at uh, getting maybe some listens to things a little bit early there. Indeed, we like to keep things uh, keep things interesting in the Patreon neck of the woods. But Pete, always interesting is being able to follow you on Twitter. How can people do so? You can find me on Twitter at Peter, P-I-E-T-E-R-J-K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R, 9,147 followers. Can't be wrong. And while I am personally on Twitter's Looking Back Lost, you can be in touch with the podcast in a whole 
variety of ways. We are Fantastic Geek. That is Fantastic with the PH. You can find us on FantasticGeek.com, FantasticGeekGmail.com, Fantastic Geek on Twitter and Instagram as well. But wait, Pete, there's more. Facebook.com forward slash Fantastic Geek, all one word with the PH. Like it today. So, Matt, we will be back on Friday with Iron Fist 111. Get those reviews in on iTunes. Be eligible for the Cinnabon Cinepack. And I will give you your final word. Worried about Shield's renewal? Well, hopefully there's no escape from this place. 